welcome to Vision Scope, a program intended to educate and inform. My name is Wilbert Williams. Welcome to another episode in the series Vision Scope. We have another interesting program lined up for you, so stay tuned. Today, we take a trip to the Trinidad and Tobago Blind Welfare Association and talk with Kenneth Surat, Chief Executive Officer of that agency. Kenneth shares his own life story and then tells us about the growth and development of TTBWA and what the future looks like. Let's listen as he shares with us. Vision, a place to listen and learn. My name is Kenneth Surat, Surat spelled with S-U-R-A-T-T. People ask me why TT. I said that stands for Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, also, I am uh, I am from a Hindu background because yeah. Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago, through indentureship, my four parents came from India. It's a multiracial society, isn't it? It's a very diverse and a complex society to yeah. manage. Yeah. Very, very much so. So, um, I my parents. Uh, when my daddy died, his name was Boy Surat, and my mom, she's still alive, 75 years. Her name is Parabati Surat, and I grew up in a, in a east, in a, on, on an estate, a coconut yeah. estate, okay. in a barracks. So I don't know if people who will be familiar with a barracks is where you have a, 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 several families living in the same compound. So you yeah. will have your, your own small apartment, or how you may call it, with a wooden barracks, no lights, and communal washroom, and what have you. So, so the, family, the family worked for the estate owners. Yes. Well, my daddy's a cut the coconut, the dry coconut. Mm-hmm. And my mom will dig the dry nut out. Okay. That will be dried on the estate. We call it a chulha. You yes. know, from a Hindu point of view, or Indian chula, where you dry it. Mm-hmm. And when you dry it, you get copra, they call it. And that... Copra. Same thing I think we call yeah, it. Hello? Same thing we call copra. Right. So that, that copra will be will, will be dried and mm. also sent to the city to convert into soaps and what have you. Yes. And then it had an issue where they say coconut oil wasn't healthy for you and they stopped. And all, all of a sudden people say it's healthy for you now. So mm. you can say it was destroyed the uh, industry. So that, that, that's what my parents made their living. Okay. Tell me, were you, were you born blind? I was always low vision congenital cataract. Yeah, so, so where did you go to school in Trinidad? My my first school I got since St. Thomas RC, I was low vision and when I had, so I was chatting with my mom and well the teacher then had no problem to accept me. So I was accepted in school. And um I couldn't see on the blackboard. So usually I'll either go close to the blackboard or or um my friends would read things off the blackboard for me. Mm. How did you find it? It was, <laughs> looking back, it was enjoyable. Um, I did well 
at school, I think the last class I was in standard two before I, I left St. Thomas RC, I came second in test. So I, I, I can remember that I didn't do that badly. I, I, okay, with low vision, mm-hmm. you know. So and then the principal of the school told my parents about the child is not seen on the blackboard and we should consider going to the school for blind children. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, I think my parents, I should, I should, based on my vision or low vision, I think I could have functioned in the regular school system. Um, looking back, I, 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 I believe uh, I should have stayed in school. You probably should have stayed in school and gotten some technical support. Yeah, like large print or. Yes. I mean, I could have read the books and then once I brought it close to. Uh, it's not that I really need a large print. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so, so looking back, I believe no, compared to children nowadays in school, mm-hmm. function less vision that I had at that time. But you didn't want to strain your eyes at the same time. As well, yeah, based on the guidance and well, the professionals, I went to the school for blind children. And that was a boarding school. I went there from the 6th of September, 1976. I left there in 1985. Okay. I, I, went, on to, I, I went on to Costa and I, I graduated an associate degree in public administration. And well, presently, I'm employed at the Blind Welfare Association as the executive officer. But before the, I started off making basket, like anybody else in the shop, then I moved on to oh, yes. instructor. I instructor yeah. someone who teaches the craft. And then I became a welfare officer, the one who assists in providing services for the blind. Mm-hmm. And now I am the executive officer of the association, the highest post in the organization. And I report to, directly to our council. What, what is... For the benefit of our listeners, what kinds of jobs the executive d- director does? Uh, one, as it, uh, say, manage the day-to-day affairs of the association, set goals, put the, set your organization in, in a direction for the future, you know, start planning and identifying goals, share the goals with our heads, with my different heads of department, and then the department will also share it with their staff. So we can get everybody on the same page. And I report to the council and the goals is um, prepare like budget. We have to do annual budget because the Blind Welfare Association is an extension of the, the ministry or the state. Our funding comes directly from the Parliamentary Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. You're a quasi-government agency, you would say? Yes, 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 that is it. So based on funding, so we are like a recognized as a stat board, mm-hmm. a statutory board. Mm-hmm. So, 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 but we are also an association of members. So the members will elect the council, two thirds of the council, and the mm-hmm. government will appoint one third. Okay. The council will hire the, the executive officer, the executive officer will hire all other staff. Mm-hmm. So we deal with employees, clients, volunteers. And you say that you answer to a council. Uh, yes. What, what, what is a council like? In the terms con- of- Twelve elected uh, um, a percent. Well, uh, quite a number of persons on the council is blind or visually impaired. The president is visually imp- is blind. Yeah. And um, that 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 council deals with policy and procedures, and and and, and um, the executive officer with the staff implement these policy and procedures. Who is your current president? Mr. Felix Caso. He's the president of the Blind Welfare Association for a period of two years. And his term of office will come to the next year and then goes off for election again. And you know, the number of cut and trust of the politics for your, your 
Oh, yeah, I know. Your campaign. And, so yeah. it's, it, 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 it can be very... It's fun, it's, it's fun ha- in a way. Yeah, it's tough. It can be ruthless. And it's ruthless. Okay, so now you have this structure. What? What? Give me an idea of some of the departments that fall within this your structure. Well, the association still has a still has a, a, a sheltered workshop. So we have about forty employees there where we do handicraft items, we do a lot of repairs, and also create new items. So that is uh, we have a, um, a small office in Tobago. Mm-hmm. A workshop in the big ones. We're very small. We have one in San Fernando. It's one of the cities in San Fernando. And one of the capital city, Port of Spain, which is um, Port of Spain. That's the name of the city. So we have three workshops. We have two wealthy departments. A north wealthy department that deals with half of the island. And a south, the other half. Oh, and then we have a small wealthy department in Tobago. In Tobago itself. Yeah. And then we have the accounts department that deal with the, making sure people get their salary and budgets. Making sure we obey all the regulation, audited statements, um, pay all the taxes, green levy fund, make sure VAT is up to date. So anything put in the finances, we have that section of the of the organization. Okay. So in, in like City Welfare Department, they will deal with teaching Braille, computers, managing volunteers, mm-hmm. um, teach people how to use their phones, mobility, orientation, help them to get, get enrolled in different classes that they may be interested in. So the welfare department deals with that developmental aspect of the association. I know you deal with you deal with all, all blind and low vision people, but um, in terms of your membership, about how many people you would say you have on list today? Okay, do we have blind welfare the, the, the divided apart? Well, first blind welfare is governed by an ordinance, like an act of parliament. So we are governed by statute. Yes. Uh, secondly, we have clients. Clients are the persons who are blind who benefit from our services. Present, we have over a thousand on our listed who who um, benefit from our services. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to work with the government pertaining to the central statistical office that whenever they're doing the census, to use the Washington questionnaire. Washington Washington questionnaire is a questionnaire developed by United Nations to use in census, so we could clearly identify persons with disabilities. Uh, what the government is doing now, what these are old systems, it doesn't capture the information that you really want to. They may, may ask how many persons blind in your house. Mm-hmm. People might say, no, no, we don't have anybody. They may have persons who might have a whole lot of closer their eyes. So, so the, the questionnaire will go into, will, will, will drill down a little more. Into so specifics. The, right. So, so, so yeah. then you get a clearer picture or idea. What yeah. is the true sense of the dis- level of disability? So we've been campaigning with the government to see if we can implement it. No luck as yet, but we are hoping that that, that will be done. Then we have another group of persons, with, uh, but those are the clients. The mm. membership is different because the membership is also comprised of blind and sighted people because anybody could become a member of the association. Okay. So, so that membership is close to five, 600 persons. Mm-hmm. You know, and it varies. Sometimes for election period, it will go up. When it's under election, it drops. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, we don't know how yeah. people campaigning, you'll get people I, registered, they want to vote, and what have you. And no one is denied being a member. So, where is your headquarters? And in the capital city, 116 to 118 Duke Street, Port of Spain. Oh, you're in Port of Spain. Yes. Okay. And Ten that million. was a video so we, we, we started in the 18th of May, 1914, as the Trinidad and Tobago Institute for the Blind. 
we got incorporated in uh, the 13th of June, 1947. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who started Blind Welfare, he went to Jamaica first. But um, things didn't work out, and he came to Trinidad, and the governor and the Catholic Church, they assisted him to establish the Blind Welfare Association. Association. Mm-hmm. So maybe if he was lucky, this association might have been in Jamaica. Okay. Well, what what year was that? In uh in 1914. 1914. Yes, because you're the you're the oldest. Um, yes. Yes. Agency. In the Caribbean. Uh, in the Caribbean. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. I, for, I, I will. I think so. I don't know how old Jamaica, but I think we are older than Jamaica. Jamaica started in 1927. Oh, so 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 okay. That, that was 78. Well, because years after. under the auspices of the. Salvation Army, because they right. start school. Right. So, so, so. We, we didn't have an adult association until 1954. Oh, okay. But we started our official school because we did have a school operating yeah. from the Port of Spain building years yeah. ago because the people just stay in, in that compound. Yeah. But then we officially moved the school to Santa Cruz, that is a, a valley. Mm-hmm. Santa Cruz, and we did well. We no longer have a school because the Ministry of Education took over the school and they moved it to their own premises and what have you. So, so the school now falls under the Ministry of Education. And, yeah, and it is no longer a residential school. So you People, don't have anything to do with the administration of this. N- no, we we just provide services to children who are blind all over the country. They may wear large print books, braille books, orientation, white cane. We give free white cane. We don't charge for white canes and so on. So the, the education of blind children now is in mainstream? Mainstream, yes. Okay. Oh, uh, no, but the ministry still operates a, a school for blind children on a daily basis. That's for children who find it a difficulty to function in mainstream education. Okay. Or you might want to give them some skills before you put them into that. Right. So once the ministry needs type, that type of assistance, mm-hmm. with the association always ready and willing to accommodate. Okay. To offer our skills, or the, 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 what we are expert, what, what, what we have expertise in. What would you say are two of the major, major issues confronting um, people who are blind in Trinidad and Tobago today? Well, I, I, I would say legislation. That is the, the, the key thing. We will, uh, that, that, that will be very high up on my list, legislation to protect persons who are blind and in by an extension person with disabilities and to opportunities through education. So those will be that will be my two main because once you create that opportunity for education and training to cope with your blindness, how to make the necessary adjustment with blindness and participate in the education system. Mm. I think once you're educated you will because all you can say all our persons in Trinidad who, who are educated with a degree, they are employed yeah. either privately or working with someone they are not making basket so you say that the chances of 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 getting a job is really higher if you have some measure of uh, tertiary education yes and once you're educated and you have this disposable income then you'll have to spend this money and you may forget you have to spend people want to attract your currency so Mm. they will improve the service that they provide okay once you have that buying power say you need to use the transport the bus service the bus service will have to come up. You go to a store. The store owners will have to provide you service. The police will have to provide a service, that, 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 that service because they will be interacting with persons who are blind on the street. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the, the different parts of the state or the, 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 will have to come up to scratch 
to accommodate persons who are blind and visually impaired and so, disabled. So education is your number one. What is your number two? Uh, I, I that was a legislation. Education legislation will be my 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 my, my second because once you have educated person, they will realize some of the items they're missing out on, and because of mm -hmm. lack of legislation, they will campaign and get involved. Look, I should have a, a right. Like presently, we are working with the WIPO agreement to make printed material accessible to the print disabled. Tomorrow, the parliament is debating that. Once that legislation passes, persons who are blind will have access to work, printed material in accessible format. And also, NALIS and the Blind Welfare Association will be working closely to convert our books into an accessible format. So it could create new opportunities for persons who are blind because if you're doing audio books, persons who are blind could work in a studio at the library to mm -hmm. record books, edit it, master it, and earn some income. Scanning, persons who are blind could work on scanning and editing, formatting for for the Braille embosser or also for the refreshable Braille display. They will also have to be um, preparing the books to be accessible in a digital format so that when it loaded up on the tablet, children who in classroom could access these books independently. Tell me a little bit about your library. The Nullis Library, we, we well outfitted with uh, refreshable Braille display, Braillers, computers, uh, all in, so you could say almost every library in Trinidad have that level of accessibility. In it, but we need to get more and more persons who are blind to use it. So we are trying to work with the library to get the books on uh, using one of the app where persons who are blind don't really need to leave seed, leave far places to come to the library. They could use their phone and borrow a book, mm -hmm. and they could have it either the book read in audio format or either have it show show up in a refreshable braille display. So that is the next step. We want to work with the library to get. Instead of people have to come to the library, we must be able to take the library to you through technology. Yes. So you 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 want to provide um, greater access, and you want to be able to take the library to the blind individual. Yes, throughout the country. Having yes. to go to the library, or like maybe the... you want both. Maybe you want a little of both. Of course. Yeah. But you want to step up. We... Yeah, we want to give people options. There are some people yeah. who would like to come to the library. Yeah. Life is about giving options and not telling you what to do. But I want yeah. to be able to, we want, must be able to give you the option. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about Kenneth. Are you a family man? Yes, yes, I am a family. I have a, have a wife. and How many children? And do have any children, but she was married before. So she has three children, but only one with us at home. Yeah. The other two, they got married and they moved on. Okay. Um, and that was deliberate. I didn't want children because I was very concerned pertaining to um, genetics. Okay. And um, when, when I look at the work that I want to do pertaining to the blind community, and if I have to deal with that, my own issues, uh, that would have been a challenge. So, so uh, I, I, yes, I, I didn't, I didn't make it a uh, top priority. Fair enough. Um, what, what is your favorite food? Hmm, favorite. <laughs> I know that food. I would catch you off guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, 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 <laughs> you know, I don't even I, I, I call it uh, food, but you know, like barbecue. If it's pork or lamb, yes. I love barbecue. Oh, yeah. you like barbecue meats? Yeah, yes, yeah, barbecue. Or oh, a good curry, a curry duck. I knew you were going to say. <laughs> yes, yeah. so, so curry and, and barbecue, they, yeah. I would say they, they're my favorite. And a good, well, and a good stew. Okay. You know, Caribbean style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What What would you say has been your most 
embarrassing moment as a blind person? I asked a partner to meet with me. Yes. So we agreed we were going to meet at this spot. I waited on him and he waited on me and I didn't know he was waiting on me and he didn't know I was waiting on him. <laughs> Tell me about that one. <laughs> yeah, so unless, I, well, I, I sit on quiet in my corner and he probably was well, a, a little bit down from me. And then somebody say, hey, partner, like you're waiting for somebody. He yeah. say, yeah, waiting for a blind partner, man. When I hear his voice, I say, hey, Clay, how are you going? <laughs> so, it so probably until, started with embarrassing, but it was fun. Until the third party came along. Yeah. have been standing there. Yeah, yeah and then it had another incident. Uh, myself and two other blind friends, we were walking up on this lonely street. And so he always wearing his expensive gold chain. So yeah. I told him, I said, partner, put away this gold chain. He said, my mother buy this chain for me. I can wait by one. Nobody can stop me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Somebody steal the chain. So we go into the station to make a report. Yeah. So the policeman asked him, partner, what is the matter? So he explained the situation. So who you have for your eyewitness? He said, I'm two blind fellas. <laughs> the policeman called, he said, wait, wait, did he call him? He said, here, he called his friend and then, he said, ask him again, who you have for your eyewitness? He said, them two blind fellas. That was a joke by itself, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Said, yeah, oh. yeah so. oh, yeah. Um, what would you say is, has been the high point now of your career? I um, can't think of. I, I think the, the, the key, I would say high point, breaking that glass ceiling where people have the perception that someone who's blind could not be the executive officer of a blind welfare association. There were a few that tried within the past and it didn't last. I am here about seven years now. So I have broken that glass ceiling and moving forward, I, I, I am hoping that from here on forward, the executive officer of the Blind Welfare Association will always be someone who's blind. What is the biggest problem you have as the executive director? I mean, in terms of administration and control? I, I think the, the biggest problem, I, I would call it a problem, but maybe an opportunity, you, you know, coming it, out. No, probably a hurdle is a better word. I, 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 I tend to see things as opportunity. Okay, being blind, coming through the workshop system and coming through the ranks, mm -hmm. the biggest challenge I can see, I am aware, oh, face really, is mm -hmm. my fellow friends who are blind. Or employees who are blind because you, you, you know they see me as one of them I, I you know at, at one time you would you know they would say but you would with us said no you're different mm -hmm. so, so they have to they have to realize that uh, but i trying to you know convince them that yes i i i came through the system but it's not seen as a problem see it as an opportunity yes. that you could yeah. also uh, aspire so to manage my own fellow friends or persons who are blind or employees who I work with at different levels in the organization, I see that, I don't know if it's the biggest obstacle, but it's a, it's a, challenge, a, that challenge. I over, a challenge a, a, a challenge I would like to overcome. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Yes, sir? Yes. What of the future for TTBWA? What, what, where do you see the organization going in the future? I think we had a wonderful 100 years, and for the next 100 years, I would like to see the association tailor its services to meet the needs of persons who are blind and not to tell persons who are blind what they should be doing. We should know what you want and find ways to help you to achieve it. So we, in other words, the organization must become a learning organization where instead of we compete, 
we mm. cooperate and we try to assist each other to build. So that constant training and retraining and retooling mm-hmm. so that the organization could be, it's just like the human body where you every day you learn, the organization must become a learning organization and not to be stick in the past. It must be innovative, dynamic, mm. exciting, revolutionary. This program has listeners all over the world, thank God. And um, we, 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 we always try to leave a parting word. If you wanted to leave a parting word with them, what would it be? My parting word will be, let us, even though every island or community may have their own organization, but let us see the community of persons who are blind as one where we can learn from each other, share with each other, other. And because through the technology, we are closer. And I could learn from you, you could learn from me. And at oh, the end of the day, the community will be better off. Yes. I thank you very much, Kenneth, for granting me this interview. It has been a, an excellent one, and I certainly appreciate your input. We'll talk again soon. Take care now. Thank you very much for the opportunity, and I wish you all the best, you and your family. Thank you. Thank you very much and you take care. That's it for today. Join me next time when we will present another in the series Vision Scope. Music was provided by Rennie Williams Jr.